Cat and Moose podcast. I'm Cat and I'm Moose. This is a true life podcast where we explore the quirks of being human. All right, I'm getting ready to start this mother. No, I can't. Damn, record. This meeting is being recorded. (laughs) Sarah, I guess I'm going to have to ask for your help because I'm apparently like not really really up to wait can i do oh my god i did it oh my Yay! god great job Catherine. <laughs> okay here we go i'm telling you if you're a patron you have gotten your money's worth <laughs> if you'll upload the videos for the patrons to see <laughs> yeah i got for, i forgot to upload last week we keep telling our patrons what to be looking for and they can't see a damn thing here's the deal if you want to be a patron and you go on there and you're like oh my gosh look at that list of things they're gonna provide me for five dollars a month like that's just what you put on a patreon site like oh. moose moose well, then we need to change them to things that we can deliver because it may say things like you get a free sticker. We do send you that. But only if you ask for it. <laughs> <laughs> They're in my car, by the way, Kat. I meant to give them to you yesterday. <laughs> this is the problem, guys. We are a low budget <laughs> operation. And when we say budget, we're actually not talking about money, even though your money is helpful and it supports the fine arts. Um, Where we are low budget is um, focused time and attention. Correct. My schedule is very low budget. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so um, a couple things. First, uh, we all have interesting names on our Zoom today. Secondly, hey, Moose. Oh, hey, Kat. (laughs) How are you? Oh, great. You were talking about interesting names. Yeah, today mine is mother... (laughs) (laughs) And mine is Tex and his big feelers. Oh, Tex is back. And Sarah? Mine is Sarah Barra. (laughs) Because people call me that sometimes. Oh. You should not be friends with those people. I don't think I am anymore. You know, I've really been spending a lot of time thinking about, like, sticking with our people. And at first I was like, that's not true. You should be able to get along with everyone. But that isn't reality. (laughs) That's called hell, trying to get along (laughs) with everyone, (laughs) which we visited last week. And there's no reason to go back. Yes. And I believe that there is even a scripture in the Holy Bible about um, how you can't be all things to all people. Is that like one of those that people make up? You know how people say in the Bible, it says God won't give you more than you can handle. And mm-hmm. he doesn't say that. Well, he, it, he doesn't say that it is kind of stated in the Bible that no, that he will not. Okay. I know this because one of your artists who used to be my artist Ooh. put out a song with, it's a long story, but it basically had that idea and all these radio stations went. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you allowed me to allow one of my artists slash our artists to put out a song that communicated an idea that was not consistent with biblical truth is more bothersome to me than the song itself. Two things. You were not managing this artist at that time. I was mm. with the artist via a label. Secondly, I have never said that I the buck starts here when it comes to scripture. <laughs> You've just learned since then that that's not a biblical truth. Well, I know because people told me, but also, you know, you could quote something out of the Bible. And like, for instance, I'll give you an example. I'm currently working a song to radio called Honey in the Rock. Oh, my God. And that sounds like a crazy title, eh? But it's in Psalm 81, if anyone wants to go look it up. Hey, guys. The verse is Psalm 81, 16. I'm reading from the New King James Version. He would have fed them also with the finest of wheat, and with honey from the rock I would have satisfied you. Wow. Wow. Yep. That's honey in the the badger? What? (laughs) Honey badger. (laughs) Honey badger. (laughs) I have always felt like 
after that video that came out about how honey badger doesn't give a f- <laughs> I've always felt like I was a honey badger. I would agree with that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just feel like, uh, yeah, I, I can't even say it. Sorry. Why? <laughs> Everybody knows what she, I know what she's thinking. She's a very dirty mind. I oh. do. Like everything goes to some sort of sexual connotation. And what makes me sad about that is the one criticism, the one, well, no, I've gotten a couple of criticisms from my mom about the podcast. The major one is that things get taken too sexual and I, it, it, mom, it's my fault. Like it's my fault every time. <laughs> it's not your fault. We know this. I am a big fan of euthanasia. euthanasia. I'm a huge, <laughs> Whoa. I'm a big fan of anesthesia and, do you remember the um the time that I came back after my mom passed away and I told you guys I was going to make t-shirts that said I love hospice? Yes. Yes. I think we did actually. I mean, that's the kind of sick humor you get here. Is like legitimately I love what hospice does, but the fact that I would personally love hospice <laughs> suggests that I'm in it. Which right. is just messed up and, and great. that you're like really close to just being done. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, I, if I don't know, man, I feel like that sometimes. <laughs> and I, I do feel like, um, because what people come here for is holy Southern Baptist Christian truth. Right. I do feel like I want to say that first Corinthians ten thirteen says no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Oh, my God. So for someone to say God won't give you something you can't handle is not that far of a stretch from that scripture. Well, I want. okay, okay, that's close. I get it. I would like for you to debunk the whole everything has a reason. You know, when people die, like that's the first thing people say to you. And you're like, what? Everything has a re like, I think that is, what is that term that people use when you go of and, above and beyond the actual meaning? Hyperbole. Don't you think that's hyperbole? I do. Everything, everything has a reason. Let me ask <laughs> you about this. When you go to a gas station on the side of the road and there has been an explosion on the back of the wall, I don't know how that happens. <laughs> first of all, I feel like we covered this in our first year of the podcast, but that doesn't have a reason. Feels oddly specific. Yeah, it is. It is oddly specific. Well, it's the first thing that came to mind. Do you have a Bible verse for that cat? Well, I do. <laughs> <laughs> That is absolutely amazing. Oh my God. We need to totally uh, use this episode to advertise to the Southern Baptists. We, we really do. Um, the scripture that came to my heart was immediately, it, it, the, the word of God does not come back void. And what I've always thought that meant is that like, once you know a scripture, like you can't unknow it. And I really think that that's true in my life. And as you know, I did a daily devotional for a lot of years. Um, and so I studied the, the Bible in that. And one of the scriptures that was really popular that people wanted to hear about a lot was Romans 8, 28. Um, oh, my God promises to work all things to good for those who love him. Um, basically, so what meaning, about the ones who don't love him? Well, then God promises to work all things for horror and terror. <laughs> you know, I mean, like to me, it's like, that's the danger of taking scripture out of context, you know? know, and we, we shall not go on a rant about that or we'll have we zero shall listeners. not says the word of God. <laughs> Thou shalt not rant about thy theology of thy word. <laughs> My entire job is uh, is uh, confirming or denying if the lyrics are from the Bible or breathed by Jesus. And the buck doesn't stop here when it comes to scripture. That's scary. Well, no, I mean, I have to I have to utilize some friends who have yeah. more biblical knowledge. I'm also great at the Google machine. Yes. And so yes. I will go through like, you know, those websites where they have different um translations you know there'll yes. be like 40 different translations so you can yes. put in like an idea 
And then you can choose which translation you prefer. Yeah, and you can choose which translation actually skews scripture toward your philosophy. Yes, you can. You've got it. You've got it. <laughs> you have absolutely rang that bell. Yes. Gunga da gunga da bong bong bong. <laughs> hey, speaking of the Bible, my mom gave me a dream catcher this week. Oh. What does that have to do with the Bible? Nothing. And that's why I brought it up. <laughs> Okay, so do you know the history of a dream catcher? I don't. And my mom really encouraged me to go read and learn about it. And I haven't done that yet. Um, I just thought the fact that we were talking about the Bible and scripture and all of that kind of stuff, I thought it would just be a great like jerk of the chain to the subject to go, hey, my mom gave me a dream catcher. I've been having really, really bad dreams, like really, really bad dreams. And I told my mom about this about a month ago. And since then, I've not really had any bad dreams. And my mom came to my house the other night. Um, she had been to Real Foot Lake to the annual Eagle Festival that normally I go to, but I couldn't go this time around. And um, she was like, I brought you something. And she held up this really beautiful um, Native American looking piece that has like a circle with like a spider web in it. It's got all these like feathers and beads hanging from it. It's really, really beautiful. And she was like, I got you a dream catcher to help with your bad dreams. And I said, well, mom, I said, it's been kind of cool because in the past few weeks I haven't been having bad dreams. And she said, well, I've been praying for you. Like every night I've been praying uh -huh. that you don't have bad dreams. And I'm like, man, the prayers of a mother availeth much. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, it's like, is that a verse too? availeth? it's, it's a cat Davis uh, original. Uh, wait a minute. <laughs> and wait see, a minute. seeing as I have Pause. a corporeal soul, I have some of God in me. Damn it. <laughs> that you absolutely do. I am Googling availeth, avail, availeth. You know, part of you getting out of this, I'm stupid phase that you always seem to be in is, <laughs> is me making fun of you. I don't know if you realize that, but that is really where we're at. Oh, it is a word. Yes, I know. <laughs> Availeth means to produce or, or result in as a benefit or advantage. His efforts availed him nothing. That's not availeth, though. Okay. It's the cat. King James version. <laughs> <laughs> it's a word. Okay. Keep going. So the prayers of a mother availeth much. Yes. Yeah. That's in, uh, that's in Ezekiel four. <laughs> that's amazing ezekiel only has like three chapters that's amazing <laughs> i'm just impressed that ezekiel was a bible <laughs> that is awesome ezekiel saw the wheel way up in the middle of the air ezekiel saw the wheel way in the middle of the air that's like a uh, spiritual. Um, so my mom got me a dream catcher. My mom's been praying for me. My mom also got me a lavender scented candle. And she's like, mm. I know candles give you a headache and I don't want to give you a headache right before bed. So I thought maybe you could not like the candle and just smell the mm. lavender smell because that's supposed to also help soothe sleep. And so thank you, mom. And for anybody out there having bad dreams, I would recommend having a mother pray for you, your own, if you can <laughs> and a dream catcher and a lavender candle. It's really made a big difference in my life. What a great combo. Mm -hmm. And I love that your mom did that for you. I want you, your homework is to find out the history of a dream catcher. Yep. And I want to offer you something that I think might fix your not liking the smell of candles and them giving you headaches. Okay. What would that be? These they're called good light candles. Okay. And they're all natural. It's literally just paraffin wax and essential oils. Mm. And it doesn't have any of the bad stuff in it. Can you hold it up again so I can see it and take it in with my whole being? Good light. Lavender eight tea lights. Welcome to the good light. Good light. Good light. Welcome to the good light. Ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> they're plant-based paraffin free. Oh, paraffin free wax. Is what I meant to say. Yeah, I was going to say, what if I, what if the thing I'm allergic to is paraffin? But it that didn't seem to make any sense because I don't know what the hell paraffin is. So there's that. Paraffin, a noun of British origin. Paraffin is a waxy crystalline flammable substance that is a complex mixture of hydrocarbons obtained especially from distillates of wood, coal, petroleum or shale oil. 
It is used chiefly in coating and sealing in candles, in rubber compounding, and in pharmaceuticals and cosmetics. Hey, speaking of wax, do you remember that time when we lived in that house and uh, you or I, can't remember which, decided that we were going to try ear candles? Yes. Oh my gosh. Like I'm still fascinated by those. Terrified and fascinated. Yeah, it, it didn't really work, did it? Well, it's it. I don't know if it worked or not. I mean, it's supposed to like pull the bad stuff and like minerals and juju and all of that like out from the center of your brain through your ear canal by like lighting a fire at the end of a tube at the end of your ear. So, I mean, right. I've had less bad juju since then. Yeah. Well, you have? I don't think you have. You were arrested after that. <laughs> <laughs> I think of that every time I drive by that car wash. That's amazing. Yeah, I point out that car wash every time we go by. I'm like, that's where she was arrested. That's the place. And then when we get on I-65 on Old Hickory, there's these deep scrape marks from yeah. I'm pretty sure your boat. My your boat. boat. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I don't think your juju has cleared up from the no, earwax. I, I guess it hasn't. Sorry. I've left my mark on Nashville. <laughs> yes. You can never leave. You're a lifer. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of, there is this, I wasn't even going to bring this up, but there is this Instagram page called it's coop Nash. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's called scoop Nashville. I think I don't even know. Is it like goop lab? scoop like the scoop like i've got the scoop a scoop of ice cream yeah i i was trying i was trying to kind of make a oh sorry about that um yeah <laughs> there are no jokes on this podcast only <laughs> biblical accuracy <laughs> okay so the website it, no joke. It literally is just mug shots of people that got arrested <laughs> in Nashville. <laughs> and it's fascinating because there are um, tons of tourists that obviously come here to celebrate some sort of bachelorette party or likewise. And um, <laughs> just the story, like it is so humorous, the stories of like the way they write it. It's like so-and-so got their nose bashed in. And was found naked in an alley. Oh and then it's just gosh. their photo. And then they tag them with their Instagram handle. Oh, <laughs> that's awful. That's amazing. So what do we need to do to get our Instagram handle on the Scoop Nashville? Well, you'd have to be arrested again. Like we need to be arrested together. I don't feel like I want that on my record. I, I am scared <laughs> to death of police officers. I'm just going to be honest. And I don't mean that like there's nothing political there. <laughs> this is just <laughs> one of my irrational fears. I think mm. it was because I got put in the back of a cop car at like eight years old. Mm. Uh, wh uh, why? I, I, it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> well, you can't not tell the story. <laughs> I think I've told it. Like I was trespassing. <laughs> I I had Okay, so there's these giant crates that are made out of wood that people ship things in. Mm -hmm. This was in the 80s. So, <laughs> um you know, like it would be about the size of what a pod is now, right? Mm -hmm. And so next to this townhouse area that I lived in, there was a um, a uh, self-storage place. And they had these boxes that were cracked open, like giant boxes. And so I made an entire uh, clubhouse in there. Yeah, you did. Just by yourself? Oh, no, with friends. But I love the charge, of course. This is going to be <laughs> in my children's book that I create. Um... But anyway, I, the police ended up calling my mom and my mom was one of those moms that was like, I'm going to scare the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah. She would totally be one of those people that would send you to those jails just yes. to scare, you know, what's it yeah. called? Scared straight or whatever. <laughs> so anywho, they put me in the back of a police car and drove me around the block a few times. And he told me, you know, what trespassing meant. And I was still like, whatever, I'm going back. <laughs> well, it traumatized you enough that you are now terrified of the police. So you weren't like whatever oh yeah when i first got sober 
Um, I remember just having so much liberty <laughs> because I was like, pull me over, motherfucker. <laughs> because I was completely sober. Not that I was driving drunk, but you know, like you get paranoid if you've had like two drinks and you're driving. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't have two drinks and drive. I know, but people do. So like, let's say what you shouldn't do. Two drinks is like the cutoff. This is a slippery slope. I'm just being honest. People have two drinks and they feel like they could drive. And I would say that's a good cutoff. Mm. Okay. I'm not, I'm not saying two shots and I'm saying maybe wait around a little bit. You look nervous as hell. Yeah. I I feel just super uncomfortable because I'm, I'm just thinking about how, like what's happening in, in my body right now is I am back in a courtroom in Alabama where I had to go and like take a driver's education course so that I didn't get my license revoked because of how many speeding tickets I had gotten because of how many drinks you had. No, no. (laughs) But as part of the course, they would show these horrible, horrific movies of car accidents that had happened because of someone drunk driving and how people died and all of that kind of stuff. So it just, it's something that, um, it just makes me really nervous to endorse any sort of driving after any sort of drinking. No, I'm not endorsing it. Don't drink and drive. 100% don't drink and drive. My point is in the past I have had a drink or two before and been paranoid. I'm paranoid anyway. Like in general, I was born paranoid. So anytime I see a cop, I'm immediately like, like my butt clenches up and I grab the wheel with both hands and that's sober, you know, it's me, not you. Yeah. (laughs) It's okay. I feel like that's pretty common. I think anytime I see anyone sees a cop, they're like, they just hit tap the brakes immediately. Even if they're already going the speed limit. Mm hmm. Yeah, totally. That I mean, that's definitely my experience. That's what I do too. And and especially like I get even more frustrated about that when I'm not doing anything wrong. I know. You know, and I'm like, why is my whole body numb? It's like my central nervous system just completely it didn't go offline like it shut the f- down. <laughs> You know, it's like, why seeing a police car come up behind me? Like, why does that happen in my body? Yes, that is so true. Like in here. Okay. Can we, can we just, can we explore this for a moment? Because I think part of it is we are Christians and we're always guilty. Mm. The other part of it, I'm sort of being facetious there. (laughs) The other part of it is more homework for you you have a brother-in-law who is a detective. Mm -hmm. Does he think that we're just guilty by nature (laughs) (laughs) or is this a common thing would be my question for him. Well, there's a song lyric that I'm aware of, um, that says, I do believe people are good. And I remember when I first heard that song lyric, I was like, "Mm, I think that, uh, back to the Christian thing, I think that we have, um, I, I think if people were good, that bad things wouldn't happen in the world. So I don't necessarily think that people are inherently good. It's like, I think people have to choose goodness, which I guess they have to choose badness as well. Um, and I will ask my brother-in-law if he automatically assumes that that something is wrong or that people are bad. Cause I bet he does. I bet he thinks like in some realm of your being, like you're doing something wrong and that's his job to be able to, to unearth that and bring justice. So I'm, I'm going to find that out. Okay. I'm working on shifting that for what it's worth, not with police that's going to remain, but in general, you know, my nature is to brace for impact and assume you know, that bad things are coming at me. And I, that doesn't mean I'm negative. I think I'm a realist because I watch a lot of Dateline and that (laughs) shit happens (laughs) and is really dramatized, like made for TV. I mean, you've got a background in film and TV, so you know, no Dateline is the only dramatization about Dateline. I will defend my favorite television show. That in the first 48. <laughs> like Dateline is completely sensationalism. 
I love Dateline. No, it's not. These people have died. The only sensationalism, and I would not call it that, is the creativity that they bring in regards to telling the story. They intentionally give you options so that you are, like, hooked. You know what? What are you over there watching? You will not put down my dateline. <laughs> I refuse to receive that. <laughs> okay, you don't have to receive. You can have your own cord cutting ceremony with me right now if you want to. Look, there are murders and <laughs> I am here for them. And you were going to mention um, your other best friend, Megan. What were you going to say about her? Well, she has this thing that she likes to hold over my head that <laughs> one time when she uh, first had her daughter, I was out there and I, she was asleep and, and she was, Megan was working and I was watching the first 48, which if anyone knows, they know. <laughs> I'll tell you who will know is Tori in Maine. Oh, I have yeah. a feeling she's going to know. Well, yeah. Cause she's like your, your emotional doppelganger. <laughs> um, but the first 48 is like a documentary of the detectives solving the cases. It's like real. Oh. And Megan criticized me for watching it. And I said, I have one joy in life and it's the first 48, <laughs> which is kind of sad, but also it still rings true. Well, true. you know what? I want to celebrate that with you and not knock it. I personally cannot watch those shows very much. Like I watch them every now and then, um, because I, I do find them interesting and entertaining and also like, Oh my God, did that shit actually happen to somebody? Oh my gosh. And so I, I, I don't want to take that away from you. And I can't, can't expose myself to it too much because then it becomes reality to me. I'm like, I'm mm -hmm. going to be that person that was sliced at the ankle by the person under the car at the shopping right. mall, you know, like exactly. that, that ends up being my person. Um, you brought up your other best friend, Megan. Um, and I got a text out of the blue from her this week and I wanted to tell you about it. Oh, please do. So I get a text from her and it says, I think you are beautiful. Your soul is so sweet. Aww, she she was driving to Oklahoma from Colorado and or Colorado. I'm learning, and she was listening to this week's podcast. And she texted me and said that it made her cry. Aww. So we we did something right because when they cry, they buy. <laughs> <laughs> did she write a check, Megan? Did you write a check? <laughs> Yeah, we need a foundation so it yes. feels like it's tax deductible. Yeah, it's called patreon.com. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but it was funny because I my response to her, I was a little bit disappointed with myself because my response to her was so immediate that I didn't like take time to, to really take in what she was saying. And that was your point on the podcast last week is you wanted me to be able to receive that you said something really kind and, and to you is true about me. And so I opened up my yin side and I said, okay, I'm going to receive that and be, you know, open and vulnerable. And so my response to her, she said, again, I think you are beautiful. Your soul is so sweet. I wrote back, why in the world would you say something so kind? well shit <laughs> like what's wrong with me what a terrible response it's a horrific response it's a horrific response and she was like listening to your latest podcast and I said then again I always experience you as kind because I felt like oh my gosh if I said why would you say something so kind she would immediately think like I think she's a bitch <laughs> and I don't I think she is a lovely human and so I said oh well thank you our sweet friend Moose knows how to pull the good stuff out of us doesn't she and she said yes she does and that that was the entirety of our conversation. So you basically avoided receiving the compliment. 100%. Great work. I yeah, feel like you're you. really growing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just want to say, like, thank you for sharing another failure. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm here for it, man. <laughs> so basically two people who love you very well said that you're beautiful and you avoided them both. Great work, Kat. I am. <laughs> How many thousands are we spending on therapy and we still can't get anywhere? <laughs> Lord Jesus. Stop right now what you're doing. If you're driving, pull over. <laughs> and we want you to pull out your phone and type in this number and send us a text. So open your messages 
If you're on Android, I don't know what you do. Type in some sort of code. <laughs> Who knows? Beam me up, Scotty. All right. So, so get out your phone and text one 528 6665 That's one 528 6665 That is our phone number. You can call us. Don't worry, we don't answer. Leave a message. Or you can text us and we'll get it immediately. But we would love for you to save that number in your phone. So when you're listening, you can just pull up Cat and Moose Hotline and send us a text. And you can send us a text about anything. And you can you can text us about things you want to talk to us about. You can text us and tell us how ridiculous we are. Um, really anything you want to. We love hearing from you. That's one 528 the devil five. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, so if you're going to call us, text us, put our contact info in your phone. Cat and Moose Podcast. The number is one 528 The number is one 528 The devil's favorite number, five. Okay, so you bring up the subject of therapy. It's something that we talk about on just about every podcast. Are you familiar with the therapist named Terrence Real? No. Okay, so Terrence Real, I wasn't either. Um, Terrence Real is a family therapist. He's a speaker, an author, and he founded the relational. <laughs> Sarah, put in some music. <laughs> can't read my own writing <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i'm such an idiot okay <laughs> thank you okay terrence real is a family therapist he is a speaker he is an author and he founded the re- <laughs> I still- <laughs> wow this is incredible <laughs> this is a great podcast so one more time, Terrence Real is a family therapist, a speaker, and an author, and he founded the Relational Life Institute, and he founded a kind of therapy called Relational Life Therapy, and a lot of what he does is couples therapy. He does like these experiential retreats and all kinds of stuff like that, and I was talking in a therapy setting this week that I'm going to keep really vague. And, um, I was in the therapy setting and the therapist, one of the therapists I was with said, um, this reminds me of a Terrence real quote. And I want to see if this resonates with you. And I said, okay, sure. And the quote says, can I say I've received enough from this relationship that I'm willing to grieve what I don't receive from this relationship? Well, I feel like that's a hell no, but let me just take it in because <laughs> I want it all. Uh, okay. The answer, Terrence, is no. <laughs> you should write her back and say, nope. <laughs> yeah, Terrence is a he. <laughs> oh, can, can you say it again? Can I say I've received enough from this relationship that I'm willing to grieve what I don't receive from this relationship. Hmm. Hmm. Isn't that what we do every day? Like, I feel like that's what a relationship looks like in some ways. Mm, We just, mm -hmm. there's no words that we like that puts words to it. Yeah. Well, and to me, like the thing that, that stood out is a difference to me. And I think that this is what the therapist was trying to, to get me to think about is that, am I receiving enough from the relationship that I'm willing to grieve what I don't get from the relationship and not be resentful? Yeah, that's the parentheses. Right. And and that's the thing is I'm like, sure, I'm willing to grieve. Uh, yeah, I'm willing to grieve about a thing I don't get from a relationship. And it makes me matter than hell. It makes me matter than hell that I don't get the thing that, that like the one thing that I wish I got, like I, I resent the fact that I don't get that. And I really appreciated the, the opportunity to consider all of my relationships. And I mean, obviously I haven't considered every relationship in my life, but I've thought about a lot of my relationships and in each one of them, there is something that I wish I got that I don't. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. You know, and there's something that I get from those relationships that I can't get anywhere else. Hmm. Yeah. You know, and I'm very grateful for that. So it's like, am I willing to just grieve? Oh, I don't get that thing from that person that I wish I got. 
and that be enough? Is it enough to grieve it? Or do I need to grieve it and go, that person's a piece of shit because I don't get X, Y, and Z from them, you know? Mm -hmm. And I thought that, that to me felt like work. That to me felt like really substantial, um, fodder to consider. Yeah. I, I, uh, it's interesting because the way I would normally put that, if I were going to put it into words is that I, I overlook what I choose to overlook what I don't receive, Mm. but Mm. it makes you question. And and I really am asking this is what we expect from other people a reality. Mm. Like for instance, for, for me to expect somebody else to meet a need is that, is that fair? Right. Right. I I don't know. Who the hell do we think we are? Well, I think what you just shared is fascinating because just the word, my point was that I never got to (laughs) (laughs) was the, the phrase mourn because it is a state of mourning to recognize like, I want you in my life, but my expectation was something different. So I need I do need to grieve that, yeah. I think. Yeah. And I think when we don't grieve that is when we do bear resentment. Can I tell you about a coaching session that I had this week? Oh, I wish you would. I love your coaching stories. Okay. So I was being coached this time around. And um, my idea that I came with was, why is it that I recognize how much being outdoors brings me life? Like... Mm. Just being in the sunshine gives my mental health a boost. Um, Being active, even if it's just walking, um, you know, makes me feel so much better. Uh, I was outside a ton this past weekend and I felt like my pain was like way less than normal. Mm, And so I, I was just asking the question and being curious around like, why is it that I recognize that, but then I don't choose during my day to like get outside and make a commitment, you know, for an hour to do that. And, um, you know, it's just like therapy. You like come with like a breadcrumb and you know, you leave with like body parts dragging behind you. <laughs> and in my head, you said breadcrumb and I was like, you leave with a loaf of bunny bread. <laughs> Yeah, but that shit has been burned. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, okay, so anyway, I came with that, and it was interesting what came up. Um, uh, one of the things that I just happened to say during the coaching session was, you know, I'm used to chaos. And and I think the brilliance of having a coach is um, just a reflection, which you mm. know I hate being mirrored, but <laughs> apparently it's good for you. <laughs> um so one of the things that came up was I'm used to chaos and you know I've talked about that on the podcast growing up in a little bit of chaos and then I had this realization after I said that that like could it be possible this is me as I've learned I put things into theoretical ideas in order to walk around them and see if they um mean anything to me but Mm -hmm. I, I asked myself could it be possible that I actually create a little chaos oh wow Oh, don't oh wow me. I mean, I, like, <laughs> no, I can actually oh wow you. Like that just took me to a moment in my life that I remember very distinctly as a very young person. So I'm going to oh wow that, Miss. I'm just teasing you. Uh, I I can see people that are close to me definitely nodding their heads. Now Sarah's <laughs> raising her hand. <laughs> you mean it wasn't about me, Kat? Yes. Yeah, say it again, Moose. So maybe I even create chaos Mm. and I actually wrote this out after my session. Maybe I even create chaos for some kind of security, Mm -hmm. which may sound weird to some people, but I think, you know, you talked a lot about our nervous system last week and I think there is an automatic part of us that is used to a certain pattern. We know this and Honestly, it's like I am looking at some of the things that I do that feel like moving forward, feel like progress. But man, I sure do like to throw them in at inopportune times. Hmm. 
Like I'm noticing that. Say more about that. Like, what do you like to throw in? Can you give me an example of when you've thrown something in at an inopportune time? I just, my nature is to take on more than I can handle. Okay. And so, um, I, I think as I get older, I'm recognizing that instead of continuing that, that habit. So that could mean like me deciding I'm going to go to grad school, but also being in a coaching thing and, mm -hmm. and then committing to someone that I'm going to do this every week. You know, like I, it's not really about not letting other people down. It's about pushing myself to limits to see if I can come through, you know, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. so anyway, I'm recognizing this and it's interesting. I just wanted to say that it's interesting. And so, um, you know, one of the things that I am learning in life is that, um, basically you just need to think the opposite of what you really think. <laughs> and that, that seems to be what's really going on, at least in my world. And so, um, the coach that I was working with, he specifically was like, what is the opposite of living in chaos? And I said, living in peace. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because we just talked about this recently with Martha Beck talking about, I'm meant to live in peace. Mm -hmm. And that just struck me. And he was like, what, what's going on right now? And I said, uh, that's uncomfortable for me. I'm mm -hmm. meant to live in peace. Like, honestly, the first thing that comes to mind is that sounds boring as hell. Mm -hmm. But I think that's my social self saying that. I think I have pressed forward, pressed forward, pressed forward my whole life. And when things are calm and okay, I throw another thing in there just to make it exciting or something like it's mm -hmm. not healthy. <laughs> well, it, it, like it, it may or may not be healthy. What I would love for you to be curious about is, is it familiar? Uh, it's very familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it's interesting because, um, I, I don't see adding more to my plate as creating chaos. Obviously I wouldn't do that intentionally. I see it as like, you know, part of the journey and like adding to my acumen and understanding, like, you know, getting closer to awareness, self-awareness and all those things. So, but it's, but I am like, some of that is not coming from my inner truest self. It's, mm -hmm. it's my social self going, this is interesting. You want to see if you can go for it? You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's mm -hmm. almost like I, it's a challenge to myself. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 so much is, is resonating that you are saying, and I would love if you're, if you're willing um, can I reflect some of that back to you without doing the mirroring thing that you hate? No, I don't hate it anymore. I've come around. Oh, okay. Yes, please. Okay. So what, what I heard you say is that in order to keep things interesting, you will add things to your plate that sometimes end up feeling chaotic. Yes. Like it ends up being like, wow, I've taken so much on that now that now I'm in chaos. And when you describe to your coach that, you know, when your coach said, what does it feel like to say, I want to live in peace? You said immediately, I am uncomfortable. Right. And so something that you might be curious about is that you have talked about your childhood being very chaotic, being very scary, you always needing to find a place or wanting to find a place that was safe. Mm -hmm. And especially in public, like especially in public, like you would be really concerned about what is going to happen that is going to make everything not okay. Right. And so you as a very young person learned a survival skill. You learned how to survive amidst chaos so mm -hmm. if you learned how to survive amidst chaos and as an adult, you have learned to step in some ways away from that chaos, or at least you get to choose which chaos you do and you don't allow in, it makes sense that the further away chaos is from you, the closer peace is, and the peace is not comfortable. 
Well, here's the thing. All of that that you just said is true. I, I probably would not even call the chaos chaos is the thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like a friend, you know what I mean? So what everyone else hears as chaos to me is like, uh, security. Yes. Yeah. Because it's familiar. Yeah, exactly. It's familiar. And it's something that not only like your mind experienced and learned how to work around your body experienced it, right. your nervous system. We talked last week about data points in the nervous system. Your nervous system said, I function normally when a lot is going on. Yeah. And so for you to be in a situation where it's quote unquote peaceful, your nervous system is like, do not understand, cannot compute, you know? And so it's like, it's like almost a, a, you know, I've read about this in the adult children of alcoholics um, and dysfunctional families book that it's like, we have to learn to parent ourselves, right? you know? And it's like training oneself to go, I am comfortable in peace arguably could take as much time as it has taken to learn that I know how to survive and manage in whether it's chaos or overcommitment or, or whatever you want to call it. I, I am used to being with my friend labeled X yeah. and I am not used to being without this friend. And so how do I function, you know? Right. And, and I think too, that I, I, it has helped me be, even better in my job because Hmm. nothing ever flusters me. Nothing. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes things to do with blood, but outside of that, like I can generally just, you know, rise to the occasion because I'm used to doing that. And I think that's helped me be a great problem solver. Um, and honestly, like I can, now that I'm recognizing this, I, I love change. Like, Mm -hmm. but it's like, I, love to change a trip. Mm-hmm. I, even if it's like, even if it's a $250 oh, fee, yeah. Yeah. if I'm like, I could get home the night before oh, and spend that night sold. in my bed or, sold. but it doesn't have to do really with the actual emotion and, um, ending of the story. It has more to do with, I don't know, just the opportunity for something different right now. Something different. Yeah. Like something uh, different, something exciting, something invigorating. I think it's like a dopamine hit or something for me. I bet it is. I bet if you studied it physiologically like that, there probably is a real thing that happens. I want to go back to um, you talking about your job and not being flustered by anything unless it deals with blood. You (laughs) are in radio promotion. (laughs) And branding. <laughs> what I'm curious about is what in your job has come across your plate lately that has to do with blood? <laughs> the blood of Jesus, perhaps? The blood of Jesus! Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I, that, that wasn't in reference to work, thank goodness. But there was a time when I was on a mission trip in college and somebody slammed their thumb in a door Mm-mm. and the thumb popped. Oh my God. Oh, Oh my God. It literally exploded and I ran the other way and I'm not proud of that. That's not like me. So that was what I was referencing. (laughs) Wow. I I was thinking about, I'm like, what radio single promotion involves blood? Like, Hey, it feels like drawing blood a lot of times, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> agreed. Okay. So a uh, mission trip, where was that mission trip? It was in New Mexico. I was visiting okay. uh, some Navajo people and I, I, that was where I had to eat sheep stomach. Remember? Oh my God. In what year was this? Let's see. That was in two, 1998. Okay. So that's only three years after the first verified sighting and documentation of the chupacabra. I love chupacabras. You do? Oh, I'm a huge fan. What's a chupacabra? Chupacabras are basically Mexican werewolves, but more like cats or something. Why do you love them? Well, there, there's a whole, I mean, you just got me so excited. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to postpone that question. Kat, please share. 
about the chupacabra. And then Moose, I would like to know why you love them so much after you hear. Okay. Well, I kind of want to know why you love them so much before I share, because Ooh, it's okay. going to be really um, fascinating. <laughs> Great. I retract my uh, direction. Moose, please tell me why you like them before Kat tells us what she knows about them. So I love anything paranormal, mm-hmm. as we know. And chupacabras are like one of the biggest mysteries that have not been solved yet. Like, do they exist or do they not exist? And so, you know, they are in the, um, like, they're also, <laughs> it's going to be so nerdy. They're also <laughs> called the Ozark Howler. They're all, I know a lot more that I'm trying to not share. Oh, I wish you would share. Please share. Well, the thing you have to know is there's like a whole group of mystical beasts. Yes. Yes, there that, are. So there's Bigfoot. There's Chupacabra. There's uh, what's the one in Pennsylvania that has the uh, big wings. <laughs> I, I know somebody is yelling into their thing. They're, that's also you know it's all these mystical beasts that have a lot of um urban legends about them but have not been proven to be real yes so so one of the beasts that you may be referring to might be mothman yes Um, that's that's the that's the winged creatures mothman right right and then the loch ness monster Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you, mm. you already mentioned, mentioned Bigfoot. Um, so where I, I'm from, they call Tahoe, Lake Tahoe. They have one called Tahoe Tessie. Oh, Tahoe Tessie. Tell yeah. us about that, Sarah. Is that like, that's all I know. He's like the Loch Ness, but for Tahoe. So he lives in the water of Lake Tahoe. Yeah. He's a giant Tahoe Tessie. So Tahoe Tessie and the Loch Ness monster. I wonder if their child, like their spiritual, um, child is the chupacabra and um, there is a name for this kind of yes like, it's cryptoids yes it's cryptoids what? and that's the whole damn thing I was gonna share yes! <laughs> you made my day though because I freaking love everything about cryptoids isn't that money what huh? money that's crypto <laughs> that's cryptocurrency <laughs> And then there's the thing that kills Superman. Kryptonite. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Keep going. I did not mean to steal your Thundercat, but cryptoids oh. are fascinating. <laughs> yes, cryptoids are fascinating. And I, first of all, had not heard of cryptoids. I had not heard of the chupacabra. And I was in a discussion this week of people who I am convinced are all way, 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 way smarter than me. And somebody said, yeah, it's kind of like the chupacabra. And so, of course, I wrote it down like really fast. I'm like, what the fuck is the chupacabra? Like, I'm going to have to look this up. <laughs> and on my notes this week, like I have... I have a picture. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. He's creepy. So let's describe it. It's sort of wolf like, but it also is known to have like reptile features. Yes. So it, it is basically said that it is um, described sometimes as dog like, wolf like, alien like, or lizard like. The thing that is consistent among all descriptions of the chupacabra is that it has kind of these horns or scales or whatever like on along its spine so it's like if you kind of think of the gremlins a little bit you know how that how some of the mean little gremlins have got like the the I want to say the spinous processes, but that's a part of the human body. But like they have these like um, pointed things um, along their spine and um, you know, the chupacabra, the word is actually Spanish and it means the goat sucker. Oh my gosh. Gross. So you talk about eating the belly of a sheep. Wow. Like you may have been eating the stomach of a sheep that was killed by a chupacabra. And one of the things that is um, known about the chupacabra is that um, it practices what some call vampirism and it sucks all of the blood out of its prey. Wow. You know what I call that? A bad relationship. (laughs) (laughs) okay i have to share the screen with you guys because i i could not be happier that you brought this up kat because we are 
a mystical creature podcast. Yes. <laughs> a vocabulary podcast, a science podcast, a therapy podcast. I love it. Mystical creatures, cryptids. That is us. What okay. What's world? this? So this is Wikipedia. And by the way, it's cryptids, not cryptoids that I said. Oh. I'm a little slow. <laughs> but here is the list of cryptids. Um, and I just want to point out a couple that I scrolled past. So there's a bunch listed here. Um, this one. Look at this one. Can you guys see my cursor? It looks I like mean, a blow what up. What is that? That does look like a blow up toy. That's it's, bullshit. It's called cu Cussy. Cussy. <laughs> no. And it's, it's Cussy. from Japan and it's a lake monster. But this one is the one I'm concerned Ooh, yeah. about. Because that's, <laughs> that's the guy from the frog and the toad. <laughs> the, the frog and the toad. What you know, I'm more concerned about is that apparently it inhabits okay. Loveland, Ohio. <laughs> Only Loveland. Can, can somebody tell us the name of it? It's the Loveland Frogman. And and what is its uh 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 I can't scroll up his category? Uh, a humanoid, humanoid frog. frog. Yeah, a humanoid frog. It's the height of a human, but it stands on its back legs. Okay, so what I really want to show you is down here. Look at this one. Oh, <laughs> oh that looks good. Oh, also a humanoid. The ninja. The ninja. It's sub Antarctic, and it's just. I think it's an, a vagina with legs. No, no, no. It is a pair of legs with a human head on it. That's not a human head. This looks like a high school art project. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what about the lake monster Ogopogo? Uh, that is a playground in Lake Okanagan, and, and, Canada. It also looks like a playground in West Nashville that's it made does. out of, yeah, made out of tile. Yeah. Oh, man. But this one's my favorite, the Mongolian death worm. I thought oh. that was a pair of lips at first. Oh, mercy. Well, that reminds me of every um, sci-fi alien film I've ever watched. Me wow. too. What about the Yowie? This is crazy, guys. Yeah. Large and hairy human-like entity, various other descriptions from Australia. Yeah, okay, it's hard to... Uh, uh, how can we describe this to our listeners that are also not viewers? And I understand. Let's get some viewers on Patreon. Yeah, we need some viewers. But look, I just need to make one more comment about the ninja. All right. It says it says here, originally thinking it was a submarine, the crew went to take a closer look, but the submarine vanished into the waves. How does that look like a submarine? <laughs> There's nothing about that that looks like a submarine. Maybe like the... Yeah, like maybe the legs look like an upside down periscope. Like that's as close no. as I can get. And I get that this is someone's this is someone's iteration of it. But like if it's a submarine, why does it have human legs with with calves? Right. Why are you focusing in on the calves? I want to know if between those legs is a uh -uh. place where it can go to the bathroom or, you know, because that's really close. It's really close to its face. That's where his ninja lives. Yes. It says it's 65 to 100 feet long. That does. It says it's a whale-like creature that has anatomical similarities to humans. Yeah. Maybe this artist is just really, really abstract. Like, because like to me, I look at the calves too, Sarah, and I immediately think of the gastrocnemius muscles. Um, those are the muscles that like make the calf look really pretty. And yeah. right at the middle of the gastroc muscle, like right where it, it pairs up with the soleus, the other muscle, yeah. one of the other muscles in the leg is Jinshindo point 45. And it's a point that is along if I'm not mistaken, I think the urinary bladder meridian. And so oh. I just want to say, Sarah, that I think you noticed the calves for a reason. Oh, well, thank oh. you. Thank you. Okay. These other pictures of the ninja are definitely not similar to the no. one that we're looking at. Although look at this one right here. There's a picture. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I mean, there's the picture. That is a person bent over throwing up into water and that's just a picture of their ass <laughs> i don't know how anyone mistake this as a submarine but this is bizarre if anything yep well i'm glad i could bring up the um 
the subject of cryptids and the chupacabra. I had no idea that you had so much juice around that moose. <laughs> um, juice and moose. Moose is juice. <laughs> moose is juice. I like that. Special thanks to our producer, Sarah Reed. To find out more, go to catandmoosepodcast.com. Production.